Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me and my co-host, Ian. Rio. Joseph. Hello. Jehu. <laughs> that really spiked at the end. I, I had to go You're gonna hard break a, both of you guys, you know. I went in between what's up and yo, so it was like a whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that like shot up. Right You're going to break a window end. at one point, and that's going to be the best. I think, I think I've, I've reached my peak there. I'm, I'm, I probably won't go higher than that. We're uh, coming at you today with a special villains episode. I think we have a format, but we'll see if we follow it very well. We all had to do homework. <laughs> More so than usual. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because I, I at first thought I wasn't going to have to, and the more I thought about it, the more homework I ended yeah. up doing. I ended up doing like 15 minutes of reading on wow, this. Wow, look <laughs> at you. So what we're going to do is break it down by decade. Each of one of us has our own decade and pick a top three, but I'm sure we all actually have like five or seven lot, that, yeah. that we're going to talk about. Um, so do we just want to start with a decade, or we want to talk about like villains in general? Well, yeah, I feel like any story... You know, you can have a story with with just a good hero, and there's plenty of stories that have like man against nature or man against his his own nature, that kind of thing. But uh, fuck if a great villain isn't memorable. I yep. mean, Peter Pan would have been forgotten in the ages if it wasn't for Captain. Absolutely. Hook. Yep. Uh, so I figure, you know, might as well before we jump into it, kind of talk about like the different kinds of villains, what kind of makes a what makes a villain a great villain, and what makes a villain like iconic. Because well, I feel like those are different kind of things. Spe- specifically in film. Yes, yeah, specifically yeah. in film. I, you know, I feel like obviously one of the big things that, especially for a lot of the superhero franchises of the last couple of years, but just in general, is you want your your villain to be, you know, the the foil, the the opposite of of your hero, or at least like they have similar ideals but are going about like one is doing it the wrong yeah. way. I think a key to a great villain, kind of what you're talking about, is the villain has to be relatable. Yeah. That yeah. when you... Not always true. I shouldn't right. say this. There are exceptions to that. But a lot of times when you have a villain that you're like, I mean, I get their perspective. Yep. Like, I mean, easy one because we just had in-game. But, you know, a lot of people come out of Infinity War and like Thanos and you're like, I mean, look, he's not entirely wrong. Uh-huh. Like, there are problems. Killmonger is another example. Yep. They, um, there are things, but Vulture was totally Vulture like that was movie it. was like, oh, I would be on that guy's team probably. Yeah, Vulture. Right a, up until we start killing teenagers, I'd mm-hmm. be on that guy's team. Vulture's a great example because you're right. Until he pulls the gun on a 16 year old, I'm not entirely sure he's in the wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You know, I think a lot of times being the protagonist, being the good guy in the movie, there's really can be not a lot of meat to it because you're just supposed to be like right the guy that I can put myself in there. It's the Luke Skywalker. Problem. Right. Right. You, you know, uh, like, you know, an example I can think of is like speed. Like Keanu, you know, he's sort of just like an every dude there. He doesn't have a lot. And really what sells the movie is Dennis Hopper just mm-hmm. being fucking yep. crazy. Or, yep. uh, you know, an, a, a worse movie uh, example of this, Under Siege. I don't know if you guys, you guys ever watch Under Siege? Uh, Steven Seagal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you know, Steven Seagal sucks and it's a <laughs> shitty movie. But Tommy Lee Jones is so fucking awesome in that movie. You know, and he sells the movie. He makes it better than Transformers for me just by his villainy. I mean, as an actor, I would imagine that being the villain is more fun, particularly oh, when you're like a real crazy villain. Yeah. Right. What I, what I noticed going through mine is like the best villains that I really picked were the ones they outshone the main, the, Absolutely. you know, the main yeah, protagonist. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they're what I remember about the movie. They mm-hmm. left that lasting impression, which I thought was really cool. There's certainly like a, a, for a lot of villains, like a menacing element that is difficult to carry over. And I have an example, but I'm not going to talk about it because I'm sure it's going to come up later on. But 
Um, some people can just, I mean, they, they can just tap into this like mm-hmm. darkness that you're obviously not going to get to use when you're playing a protagonist, but they do it so well. There are a lot of villains I noticed that like have this thing where they keep coming. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They think you stop them and they just, no matter what, they continue to march forward and keep getting, you know what I mean? I thought that was pretty common on a couple of the best villains that I was looking at. You know, you're talking about the the outshine, more entertaining, like as much as Superman Returns sucks, Kevin Spacey is so good yep. as Lex Luthor. Yeah. In that and he movie. went for it. Like, yeah. you know he what I mean? Like he, hard. Yes. You know? And it's hard to compliment Kevin Spacey nowadays. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> Superman Returns, that dude, you know, he, he outshines and he's entertaining and he's likable. And yet at the same time, like he's disgusting and terrible and you, you can't agree yep. with him. But he's got some charisma to him that yeah. I think Brandon Ruth just didn't have in that role, you know, and, and he outshines him. We can't go into Superman Returns. I'm not sure that's Brandon Routh's fault, though. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you've got a, a kind of your your wide range from your uh, sophisticated European all the way to your silent uh, marching, you yep. know, Mike Myers types. Yep. I feel like they balance out different kind of, I don't know, they elicit different things from you. Yeah, scratch different itches. Yeah, they do scratch different itches. I also think one of the things, particularly since we're talking about things that are on film, is it's, it's important for a villain to have a, a pretty notable visual style i think mm-hmm. that makes a, a you know a, 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 we'll, we'll i'm positive that hurt has a couple that will will fall into this category because uh, i mean you can have some of the some of the scariest villains you can have out there are just regular people that are just nuts but then you also have how am i going to do this without saying the one that you're going to do nobody's got mike <laughs> myers right no. no. Okay, yeah, but I mean, you have like your your Mike Myers. It's Michael Myers. Let's go with Michael. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking about yeah. Austin Powers. I'm like Doctor Evil. Yeah. <laughs> you got your, you Doctor Evil is a great villain. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Distinctive visual yeah, style. Exactly. Uh, but you know, Michael Myers, which uh, you know, to be fair, was specifically done on a crazy cheap budget. Doesn't need to be a big budget nope, thing. Right. But you know the the whole the 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 jumpsuit, the mask, the dumbass, the hair is part of the mask. I'm right, pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and I think that that keep coming is what I was talking about. Yeah. Michael Myers started that. And I think you'll see a lot of the ones you're talking about, and a couple of mine. People have totally taken that and ran with mm, it. You right. know what I mean? What's so great about setting a franchise around a villain? What's also difficult is that I think the possibilities are like endless when you simplify it. Mm. Like Michael Myers is a simple villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. but because it's simple, it doesn't get lost in its own complex yeah, yeah, nature, yeah. and it allows you to keep coming back. And as long as you're creative, mm-hmm. inventing new scares and making more horrifying in different ways, mm-hmm. because your base is so solid and again simple. Yeah, you know, even with those movies when they did try to overcomplicate, yeah. it for like uh, four, five, <laughs> and six, but uh, it was still just basically a, a scary shape chasing it with a knife. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, um, I guess do we want to get started with this? Yeah. Sure. All right. So well, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. You you always seem to have a good segue. Well, we all have our own decade. We all have our own decade. We're starting in the eighties, but there's a specific. Well, honestly, one of the reasons is I don't feel like our film knowledge goes a lot further past that. <laughs> but Fair. I feel like there's a fairly <laughs> fairly solid consensus pick for the seventies that well, I think might come up. The thing is about doing the seventies anyway is the seventies were the ambiguous decade. They yeah. were like. Here, most movies didn't really have villains. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at even something like Rocky, which was like a, you know, uh, like a feel-good pr- cloud preacher, yeah. there's no real villain in it, and Rocky's kind of a bad dude in that first one. He, like, brace people's fingers and shit like that. Like, he's not a great guy. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the Philly coming yeah, out I know, what do you mean? He beats, I mean, he beats I me. That, I love that movie, but he's a mob enforcer. Just, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I yeah. wouldn't say he's a mob enforcer. He's like a, he collects debts. <laughs> I think it's for, like, gambling debts. 
But um, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what like, do you think that is? <laughs> like, you know, Mickey, who's like cuddly later on, is yeah. just flat out unlikable in the yeah. Yeah. He's rough around the edges. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, even like Taxi Driver, I think, is a great right. example. Yeah. He's a horrible human being. Right. And you're like, I mean, I kind of agree with what he's doing, but he's an off. He's he could be the villain of that movie in a way. But <laughs> The Godfather, everybody in it's a you know a murderer. You yeah, know, the that's 70s a good. Were, that's a good point. We're ambiguous. So really, you know, it wasn't ambiguous. What? The 80s. No, no, that. that <laughs> I, but I mean, so really, for the 80s, there's only one clear. I mean, 70s, there's only one clear choice. It's Darth fucking Darth Vader. Vader. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, because I would argue Khan as well because you know I read him. Sure. I thought Wrath of Khan was in the 70s. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. A- you're right. Maybe you're right. I think it's 82. Because Motion Picture came out in 78. Motion Picture came out in 78. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe, right, right. I might be wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, Vader's got every single hallmark of all the things we're talking about. Right. He's got that 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 silent creep thing mm-hmm. where, where he just always seems to be there. He never seems to be rushing, but he's always there. Right. He's enormous. He's got the, he's super visually distinct. Yep. All black. The helmet, the cape, the breathing, the voice. It's uh, the the fucking lightsaber. Just every single thing about him makes him possibly the greatest villain. We, yeah, we will we'll get into it. So I mean, as far as combining all the things that we had been talking about, you know, George Lucas kind of knocked it out of the park intentionally or not. Yeah, right. Because really, that movie was like a reaction to all the ambiguity. Lucas was like, I'm going to make a movie that's a clear-cut, good versus evil, good wins movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in that decade, he had to make like the evilest of the evil. Mm-hmm. So, Also, what a, we, we, I should have, this should be a whole separate episode, but villain entrances, mm-hmm. great entrance. Man, you know, just yeah. the, best, <laughs> the yeah. best entrance. Uh, have you ever seen that thing online where they take uh, they take the scenes uh, from Star Wars and cut them in with dialogue from different James Old Jones movies? No, <laughs> I, I won't even try to butcher it here, but just look it up. It's fucking okay. Funny. Good to know. <laughs> uh, you know, I am someone who always hates when you try to show me your funny video, but this one I'll stand behind. Okay. Um, so the reason I, when we said when we decided we were going to divide this up in decades, I immediately called the eighties because I. This is this this is my thing about the eighties. This is what I feel is cool about the eighties. It was the only decade where rated R movies were marketed at children. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not even marketed is the right word, but they were definitely accessible. Like, you know, Commando, you know, that's definitely an adult movie. It's, you know, it's gory, it's vile. Yeah. But there's nothing in that plot that an eight-year-old can't understand. I was about to say, I can yeah. see how that would could be marketed to an eight-year-old. Right, like, you know... Uh, and I mean, and that's just true for a lot of these movies, and uh, just shown by the fact that RoboCop had a fucking toy line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When's the last time you watched RoboCop? That movie's fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's like, scary. Like I watched it as a kid, and that shit fucked me up. Yeah, RoboCop. Um, so, but I think that's a good braiding ground for villains because they come from almost sort of this clear-cut, over-the-top sort of comic book villainy sort of motivations and vibes but they're also doing shit like you know pulling people's hearts out of their chests and shit like that mm-hmm. so so before i get into my top three i have a lot of runners up from, from this decade <laughs> oh, run through them run them up um you know oh, and would have been better it's it's, re- it's weird because there's there's some that are almost like when you look back on them they weren't really even villains like I think the most obvious example that everybody's decided at this point is Johnny from the Karate Kid sure yeah like they made a TV show based around yeah it. yeah uh, which Clubber, is apparently pretty good yeah Clubber Lang from Rocky Three 
You watch that movie, man. He's totally in the right. Like he's the only thing he's wrong is just being a really good boxer who talks some shit. And he's present when an old dude dies of natural causes. Like that movie is the triumph of yeah. Rocky's ducking it, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) he does talk some mean shit. He does talk some mean shit. But (laughs) Rocky's dude's great. Terminator is also. This, I like, okay, just first off, when we said this, I immediately knew who my top three was, and then I started second guessing. One of the guys who I was second guessed with was Terminator. But I've had, I kind of decided he doesn't make the top three because calling him a best villain would be like calling Jaws a best villain. Like, he's just a force. He, yeah. It's like you said, he just keeps coming. Yeah. Like, you can't outsmart him. He's just, he's a thing you either survive or you don't. I think I would, that makes I him a great have, villain. I wouldn't have been upset if you picked him. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to hear who the other three we, are. Yeah. When you chose the 80s, I thought the Terminator was like easily going to be one of the top ones for the very reason you're talking about. Well, I, And also, I, I think that Force well of Nature's thing. I fucking love that movie. A couple more of my runners up. The first Raiders of Lost Ark is my, probably my favorite movie ever. Mm-hmm. And Belloc is probably the villain of it. But I think the reason that keeps me from uh, having him in the top three is... When he sits down and has that, uh, that like, you know, me and you are not so different, Dr. Yeah, Jones yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, usually when villains do that movie, it's pretty hack. But Belloc is totally right. Yeah, no, he is. <laughs> like, except for the fact that he has chosen to hang out with Nazis. <laughs> him, and, him and Indy have very similar views on going for the glory and murdering people and shit like that. And um, very suspect archaeology. <laughs> very yeah. suspect archaeology. Um, and, you know, something listen, Paul F. Tompkins pointed out to me that I'd never thought about, about Raiders of the Lost Ark that I think is really fucking strange, is that movie, at the end of it, they have unequivocally proven that God exists. <laughs> and it's not a big deal. Nope, nope. Like, Indy just goes back to his life <laughs> of archaeologist slash murderer and doesn't give it a second thought. Yep. I think if Belloc would have survived... It would have changed him because he was actually looking for the Ark because he believed in the power. It was different than Indy. He thought that there was something to it, whereas Indy just thought it was an artifact. Yeah. Hmm. Closest runner-up is from Temple of Doom, Mulan Ron. Just because he enslaves childrens and pull out yes. people's hearts. Yeah. He's so fucking My over favorite the top Indiana here. Jones, by the way. Uh, yeah. That's a hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. Yes, I love <laughs> that. Even though you I just be. said that Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite <laughs> movie. Short stuff. I love him. He's underrated. Yeah, well, before you go, I will say, that's the thing about those indie, those three indie movies, is while you're talking about it, you're like, oh, I love this. I mean,. I don't know. I still really <laughs> love the other one. Like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice right. by saying I pick one. Dr. Jones! Dr. But, Jones! <laughs> I think what pulls it out front is that Moan Ron is so just fucking evil, man. Oh, yeah. And he's so terrible. Again, watching that as a kid, that just fucked me. You talk about ripping hearts out. Yeah. He does that. <laughs> dunking people in lava. Yep. Yeah. You know? Which was not nearly the threat you thought it was going to be as a kid. <laughs> like, when you were a kid, it seemed like lava came up a lot. It just doesn't come up at all. Um, so that brings me to my actual top three. The suspense is killing. I know it. Number three I won't talk long about because I just did a I just did a, a bunch about it on the Stephen King. Damon Killian from The Running Man. Mm-hmm. And I and the reason I go with it is because it's just the most real for right now. I watched that shit again today, and man, is that is the villain of our times. And man, that's a great villain name though. Damon Killian. Yeah. yeah. Like fucking 
evil McVillain. Like, it's just, <laughs> that's great. Name. So, so if you want to hear me go on and on about that, just listen to the Stephen King episode. Um, number two, Hans Gruber from yeah. Die Hard. All right. Yes. That's, um, that's a good poll. And the, the, thing, the thing that's great about Hans is that, you know, he starts off with you thinking he's a terrorist. And then it turns out he's just a bank robber. And somehow that makes him more evil. <laughs> like, you know, like you think at the beginning he has convictions. And no, he just wants to get paid. And that's particularly fun in a reaction to like 70s movies, where if I was going to define 70s movies in one sentence, it's like, oh, that's the decade where we decided bank robbers were good guys. Mm -hmm. And he's just so fucking great. And uh, he's such a great counterpoint for John McClane, who just, you know, does this ever man, I can't believe this shtick is happening, yeah. you know? Uh, thing and and also talking about that movie there's also two great honorable mentions in it uh fucking walter peck and richard vernon mm -hmm. i don't know those actors real names because yeah. they're always walter peck and they're always richard vernon like you know villains not in the killing people sense but walter peck is such an asshole in ghostbusters and richard vernon is such an asshole in fucking breakfast club um, yeah, that's a good movie for villains. I like Alan Rickman. He, you know, also, yeah, iconic. This is off the villain thing, but my favorite scene in Die Hard, have I talked about my favorite scene in Die Hard in, uh, on this podcast before? I don't know. Okay, my favorite scene in Die Hard is when, you know, Richard, Richard Vernon, whatever his real name is, is playing the police chief in this, and he's on the phone with, I think, the FBI, and he's saying the terrorist groups that they've been, that's been named off to him that he has to free, and he says, Asian Dawn. And then he's a pause, and then he says, no, Asian Dawn. And you just know, it's a very subtle dick joke. Because you know they heard Dong on the other end of yeah. the line. But uh, that just kills me. That's, <laughs> that's classy. That's a classy dick joke in that movie. Also, going, going back to Alan Rickman, the part where he's, where he's naming off the terrorists, and he, said, and he goes off and he goes, like, I heard about him in Time magazine. That shit just kills me. Yeah. It's, it, he's really good. So Number one. Number one. Now these these of the nineteen eighties of the nineteen eighties, and these first two, uh, you know, I admit are are more smaller, more wild card picks. But this one is not surprising at all. Fucking Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. Yep. And why? Because he blows up planets. Yep. He built a machine to blow up planets. And then when they blew that up, he built another machine, <laughs> you know? And what I love about him, we talk about, you know, relatable, like, motivations and stuff like that. He doesn't have one at all. No, nope. nope. <laughs> He just wants to be bad. He has one friend in the universe. And when he finds out that there might be a guy who does a better job than him, he immediately is like, hey, come kill your dad and be my new friend. Yep. Like, he's just so fucking evil. And he's just such a cackling fucking madman and the delivery of his lines. People, people who want to rag on Jedi, I can't understand it because maybe the best sequence in all of the Star Wars movies is the temptation scene of Luke yeah, yeah, Skywalker. Yeah, absolutely. No, Jedi's great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one, it's cool to just see the guy who's Darth Vader's boss right, right. in general. And, you know, the crazy, like, wizardy old man right. with the black robe who literally shoots lightning out of his right. fingers. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good pick. Ian McDermott can all, is the only person ever that could play yeah. oh, part. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, again, the, he's just, he just fucking goes for it mm. so fucking hard. Like, you, there's no subtlety at all. None. Can you imagine being that dude, making that movie, and then 15, 18 years later you get a phone call from Joseph, hey, I want to make a prequel. I want you to come back. And, you know, you're going to be the guy 
again. Right. Fast forward 15 years yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah. that. J.J. Abrams like, hey, I want to make a sequel. I want you to be the guy. It's a good gig. Yep. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're calling him to save this fucking last franchise. Yep. I mean, that's his role right I mean, now. He's great. And, and <laughs> I like you talk about the, there's nothing redeeming about him. Right. And yet everyone just fucking loves him. Like, right. you just, he's a great villain. And I honestly, I think if you stack him up next to Vader, I, I like him better than Vader. Because at the end of the day, Vader's kind of just a thug. Yeah, he's yeah. a lackey. Um, he's the mastermind. Like, he really... Like, when when he turns at the end and helps Luke, it's believable. Because up until that point, he just kind of seems like a guy... I mean, in that movie, he kills as many of his own people as he does... Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. as he does, he's just he just wants to fuck shit up. You know, so one thing I'm really I really like that the prequels did for Palpatine is they never really explain him. Right. Yeah. You know, he's still always that guy. Mm. Right. It just shows you how he got there. Right. It, it would have done him a disservice. And it and it, it shows you that everyone else in the in, on Coruscant has very poor emotional intelligence <laughs> to true. not recognize that guy as evil as shit. Yeah. And, you know, it explains how he started a war that led to the Empire. It even explains why it would be advantageous. It does not explain why he does. You yeah. Know? yeah. He's just like, oh, I want to do it. I think this would be fun. <laughs> I want to be in charge, and this is how I see it. And that's game. enough. Yeah. yeah. Good we picks. with the 80s? Love it. Yeah. All right. On to the 90s. Um, this my, is your domain. Yep. Uh, my list is probably not as extensive. I'll also start with my honorable mentions. Going from the animated world, Scar by Jeremy Irons. Love it. Uh, Good yeah. pick. That could have been a top, top uh, three. That could have been yeah. a top yeah. yeah, yeah, he's great. He, uh, 1994. Yeah. Best yeah, year of movies ever. Um, just iconic. I mean, one of the best, like, maybe the best animated villain ever. Like, while this Lion King is a total ripoff of, like, a million other things, that role is entirely Jeremy Irons, and he's fantastic in it. Annie Wilkes, Kathy Bakes, and Misery. That's, uh, I, you know, it's honestly one of the first ones that I thought of when we discussed this episode. It was so hard for me to not put her in my top three. Like, I really, there's one, there's one person in my top three that's probably... We, I, I we've, went, co- we've come up with some ridiculous ones, but she's the scariest one that's a real person. She's <laughs> terrifying. There... And it's believable. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple people that were in consideration that I was lucky I didn't have to consider because I realized, oh no, they were 90s and she yeah. didn't want them because I thought she was an 80s. It was very close. Right. I'm not entirely sure how to say the, the character's name. Ammon Goth, Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List. Nice. What a wickedly vile dude. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I mean, just yeah. shooting little Jewish kids from his balcony while eating breakfast kind of evil. Yeah. Um, Schindler's List. Hard, hard movie to sit through. Um, but I mean, if you're a fan of great acting, Ray Fiennes goes hard in that movie. So, my top three love it Nino Brown, played by Wesley Snipes in New Jack City. Uh, if you've never watched New Jack City, you should. I haven't because it's a very sad and depressing movie. But the villain you of the movie, yeah. the movie, the villain of the movie, arguably the most likable character yeah. in it. Wesley Snipes is so fucking like charming and smooth, and you're like, this dude is running a drug empire and getting all of his friends hooked on crack. But you like, I kind of want to hang out with him. He seems pretty <laughs> awesome. Like he, it, it's such a good performance from him in a in a really uh, great movie. It's, a, again, a very sad and real topic, but his performance in it is such a great... I think it's a realistic villain in that it shows you how people can fall in these traps and how things that are... We can easily can sit here in a black and white world and be like, that's evil, that's wrong, I don't want any part of it. But then you meet these people who are 
appealing and attractive and smooth, and you can understand how you could end up on the wrong side of things. Well, you know, something I was going to mention about the 80s that I forgot to is that there's almost no black villains in the mm-hmm. 80s because the Hollywood sort of overcorrected to, oh, shit, it might be wrong that we always <laughs> cast black guys as, as street hustlers and stuff like that. So instead, during most of the 80s, if you were a black guy, all you could do is, you know, play the chief of police or a judge. Yep. You know, uh, so this was a good comeback for that, yeah. that kind of role. And this is a great movie with a great soundtrack. The whole movie is excellent. Yeah. Um, I'd really recommend I'm also going to go Alan Rickman, Sheriff of Nottingham. I would be really <laughs> disappointed if you fucking <laughs> did it. Good call. <laughs> he, I, was, I was worried that he had already... I thought, I, I thought this came out in 89. And so when he said uh, Hans Gruber, I was like, is he not going to do Sheriff of Nottingham? <laughs> he is so great in a god-awful movie. I know you guys love it. Yes. That movie is terrible. But he is so good at it. He's so ridiculous. ridiculous. He makes that movie yes. better than Transformers. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, he carries the whole fucking thing. He I, threatens to take somebody's heart out with a wooden spoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have watched it probably ten times solely yeah. for Alan Rickman's performance yeah. in that movie. And my number one, because it's the 90s and it's the best 90s villain, Agent Smith from yep. The Matrix, played That's by fair. Hugo Weaving. Uh, has a lot of the similar things we were talking about. Silent, kind of keep coming killer. Yeah. Very distinct style. Yeah. Um, difficult to beat. Seems like all the cards are stacked in his mm-hmm. favor. And uh, he just plays it so cool and yeah. so smooth. I mean, anytime a person hears the name Anderson, everyone goes, Mr. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. It's iconic. And I mean, he's great in it. As is, is, is bad as two and three are, and some of the weird character choices they make for him, yeah. I'm still kind of just glad he's I around. love his cackling when he like kills the Oracle. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. one of my favorite things in the later movies. But uh, yeah, no, the, the Parasite speech in in the first Ooh, one, man. so good. That whole interrogation room scene, yeah, yeah. basically. It's one of those things where, where that villain motivation has been done before then and mm-hmm. after then like a million times. That's the best version to me for me. That, that scene, I mean, I was probably, I think that movie came out in 99, so I was probably about 10 years old when Matrix came out. And, I mean, that scene alone, like, scared me. Yeah. It stuck with me for a long time. And every time I watched The Matrix after, for years, like, that part would creep me out. This dude who's, like, threatening to kill this guy very calmly is talking to him and then drives a metal robot bug into his stomach. It's weird. <laughs> Man, you know what's funny? When you were winding down on your list... I was ready to give you shit for not picking a Agent Smith because I was convinced I knew what number one was. So now I've got to ask, Hannibal Lecter didn't even make so, honorable mentions? So here, I did think about Hannibal Lecter. That is Hannibal pretty Lecter. wild. I really struggled with... Though to be fair, is he a villain? He, he That's where I've... He's not the villain of, of that, that movie, yeah, yeah. but he that's is a, a villain. Yeah. So I, I, I... Trust me, I thought about right. it a ton. I went back and forth, but I tried to stick with who I think the actual villain is. Yeah, I can see why you took him. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I guess the the antagonist of that movie is Buffalo Bill. Yeah. I mean, up until like the last 15 minutes when Anthony Hopkins just, I mean, I guess the character of Hannibal goes batshit crazy. All right, so I got the 2000s, and I have a pretty robust list. I'm going to run through them quick. Um, I try to get a, like a little bit of everything. So I got animated syndrome, incredible voice. Oh, interesting. Jason Lee, which yeah. I, I think is you know pretty good. You know he's kind of got that shitty kid attitude. Yeah, taken to the extreme. As far as uh, villains who are right in superhero movies, you know he's, he's not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he got shat on. Dolores <laughs> Umbridge, 
great Harry one. Potter. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, she's so yes. fucking disappointed. Oh, man. I think, and, you know, I also have, you know, our second Ray, Ray Fiennes entry is Voldemort, but I think she's the no, better, she, well, uh, she's a better villain than Voldemort. Yes. Voldemort is a good villain in that he is, like, he's scary, he's on, so, like, got a presence to him, all that kind of stuff, but Dolores Umbridge is just the most yeah. hateable you hate fucking her to your character. Soul. Oh, she, my God. She, <laughs> she is the modern emperor. There's no, yes. <laughs> there's no reason why she should be as distinctly evil as she is. No, she just enjoys and torture. And she what? makes number four. Like number four is besides the one that uh, the Gravity director did. It's probably my second favorite Harry Potter movie. Ooh. Maybe she's in number five. five. That's what I meant. Yeah, five yeah. and it, Order of Phoenix. And she is she makes that movie. The, dude, uh, it's stressful how much I hate her while watching. Yeah, that. Yep. like and and I mean I'm not just talking about the first time. Like right now, if I watch that, I get like fucking worked up about how pissed off. <laughs> if I would have had your decade, she would have been number one for me. Probably. Yep. Yeah. So um, I got Regina George, Mean Girls. That's a fun one. That's a yes, fucking good Which one. I think yeah. is good. I mean, everyone had someone like that in high school. I mean, yeah. I know I did. You know, just yeah. some mean fucking bitch. You know what I mean? Like, that's a real person. <laughs> Chika Kuyami is Gogo from Kill Bill Volume 1. And uh, okay, Oren yeah. Ishii yeah, as yeah. some of the crazy 88s. I thought they were worth mentioning. Um, Ralph Fiennes, again, as... Francis Dolahide, Red Dragon, which I think was good. Gollum from Return of the King, I think, you know, needs to be mentioned as he's a yeah, villain. Complicated not, character. Yeah, right? in, that he, movie. in the third one, yeah, he, is he is the villain. Definitely in the third one, he's a, And I mean, really, they go a long way to make him likable in the second one, just so you can really feel let down in the third yes, one. Yes, I mean, he does. But he's always that dude. He's complicated, kind of like Hannibal Lecter, but in the yeah. third one, I think he would more point towards the villain. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I just, it's, it's, it is a tough one because he's such a well-developed character and you see both sides and you understand that maybe that's not really who he is but you also believe that is who he is so i mean it's it's tough it's a an andy circus just fucking goes Nails that god i can watch them as movies all the time um this one's for nips russell crowe and ben foster as ben wade and charlie prince in 310 to yuma i mean it, it's mostly just uh what's his face ben, ben foster, foster. Yeah. Yeah. he's crazy as yeah. shit in that movie um but yeah i think they do good um, Ed Harris is Carl Fogarty in History of Violence, which is one of my most underrated movies. Fucking, he's got the eye. He's like yeah. the yeah. Yeah, 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 Diego yeah. Mortensen. And I got Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is another honorable mention in yeah, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now I got my top five. Top five? <laughs> yes. All right, let's do it. All right, Denzel Washington as Alonzo Harris in Training Day. Ben, I mean, that, I'm surprised it's not high. That would be my number two. Yes, yeah. fucking great. Daniel Day-Lewis as Bill the Butcher, Gangs in New York. That's a fucking good one, too. Yeah. You had a good decade. I was going to take uh, I was gonna take exception that I thought 80s, might, but you might have the best. Decade. Yeah, there's too many, like, not. Uh, third, and this is where I, like, you know, really got hard, is Christoph Waltz as Colonel Hans uh, S. Yeah. Landa. Yep. Um, yep. God, that first opening scene, we've talked about it at length. I mean, I, he's, he's kind of everything. You know, he's he's super hateable. Like, you hate him, but you also want to hang out with him a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very strange. He's got that char- char- yeah. charisma to him. Yeah, you know he's, what I mean? he's, yeah. He's, he's intimidating, but he's got that, like, you know, friendly charm. And he's, he's also one of those guys that encapsulates a lot of the things all at the same time. And like I said, steals the movie, I, yeah. I think. You know what I mean? Which is impressive because Brad Pitt is All these five steal the movie, by the way. Yeah, go, going back to kind of what I was talking about with the 70s. Tarantino makes 70s movies. He makes ambiguous movies. So most of his movies don't really have a clear-cut yep. villain. This is the only one that that guy is the fucking villain. And he runs away with it. Yep. That's great. Uh, all right, now top two. And this is like really hard. It was 1A, 1B. But I had to put Heath Ledger, Joker, 
Yeah. Number two. I mean, you would be you would be faking the flavor if you didn't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You know. I mean, that's iconic. You know. He. He. You know. He, he got an Oscar for it. I mean, and he, in a comic book movie, which did, is unheard of. He took a role that has a lot of expectation and a lot of fandom or whatever behind it, and made it entirely its own. Like yes. it's just completely different. Turned than it any on his other head, you know, Joker thing. People and, hated it when it was announced, and like his whole take on anarchy was, I think, really good at the times. And like his just take on the Joker is just, I mean, it's, I think, what people now associate the Joker with. You know, they never mm-hmm. did before that. This is this is always how I explain that that movie, or his that role in that movie. Yeah. Right after screening it the first time, you know, back when I was living the life, uh, coming out of Bayou, uh, you know, a bunch of the kids would watch it. I kind of snuck out quickly. As I was going out at the Starbucks at the entrance there, there were three like teenage girls just fucking destroying the place. Having nothing to do with that screening we just watched, but they just happened to happened to encounter it. They were just vandalizing the fuck out of it. And I remember looking at it and thinking, that seems completely normal. Right? Yep. You yep. know? I think that like that opening, cold opening, it was in the trailer. They showed it in front of a lot of movies, was that bank robbery and, yeah. and it's just chaos and it's it's you know, it's the, so good. The bank robbery scene and the hospital blowing up. Yes. I mean they're great. This um, is this is one of those movies that idiots almost kind of ruined it for you, you know, yeah. in the same way idiots ruined Austin Powers in the same way idiots ruined Borat. They almost ruined this. But since this is a way better movie than either of those two, it rises above. And I feel like we don't, we don't, like we talk about Marvel movies all the time. We don't talk about this trilogy a lot on here. You know what I mean? And it's so fucking good. You know what I mean? Especially that second movie. But, all right, and the, but number one, I could not, I couldn't put him down anymore. Is is Javier Bardem, Anton Chigurh, yeah, country yeah. for old yeah. men, yeah. and you know, taking that Terminator from like who didn't have Robert Patrick as Terminator two in their list? That would have been him. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that taking that and taking you know Michael Myers and just taking it to that umph degree of making it just pure fucking evil, pure fucking like just he doesn't make sense. Like when you talk to him, yeah. it's fucking nonsensical, but yeah. it just works. So, but it makes good. sense to hit God. Yeah. Well, what's the most you ever lost in a coin? <laughs> Fuck, I love everything. Every, like, every single scene. I mean, his is great. gun, which is like just the cattle prod. Yep. Like, I mean, it's just like I said, he that's one of my favorite movies, and he is the reason for that. Even yeah. though Josh Berlin's great, I mean, he steals that. Fucking yeah, no, He's absolutely. Great. And he, like, just things like Woody Harrelson in any other movie playing the character he would would have been a scary motherfucker. Yep. And, he is nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, no, I, I think I had, like, I was looking through the movies, I was like, holy shit, there's a lot. So yeah, I think you, I had to you, good... I think you got the best thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, before we move on, one more thing I want to ask uh, Christian about his. Little Bill didn't make your list? Little Bill from The Unforgiven? Uh, I've never Did seen that? The Unforgiven. Oh, I don't know that oh, movie. Oh, I fucking got Yeah, I haven't seen, right I haven't seen that, that either. <laughs> oh, that's, that's like a top ten movie, and Gene Hackman as Little Bill is so fucking dislike. I, I do want to say this about Terminator 2. Yep. I debated that one as well. I thought you were going to put the Terminator in yours. Right, so it would be and, yeah. I didn't want to duplicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because to me, I, I actually, I think Arnold is better in Terminator 1, but also the real presence, the real threat there is like Skynet, is this possibility of future. Right. And so like, I didn't want to be redundant and I also, maybe I overthought it in the sense that I didn't think the real villain of the Terminator franchise isn't necessarily one character or one person. It's this whole presence of impending doom in a realistic scenario. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's more of an action movie. That's what it's more known for. For sure. 
And so that brings us to this current decade, which isn't over. I get one less year. And also, less <laughs> iconic movies, if I'm honest with you. Uh, it was you, intentional. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is kind of a decade that... One of the things that I, I noticed was really missing from this is kind of your uh, your classic horror villains, like your Michael Myers, mm-hmm. or you know just, just that, uh, that unstoppable force that's coming at you. That's just not really been a part of our... You don't think Annabelle is an unstoppable force? <laughs> I am not counting... You know, that's also part of the problem is I haven't watched that many horror movies. So, mm-hmm. you know, hard to say. Uh, so I kind of broke mine into three categories. So I'm just going to do runners up for each category and then one, okay. one for each. Uh, so the first one is kind of uh, more of your realistic villains in the sense that these could be real people that are just terrifying and awful human being. Uh, and for runners up, I got Michael Fassbender in 12 Years a Slave. Oh, oh that's yeah, a good that's one. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's a movie you only watch once. I just could not sit through that again. Yeah. Uh, this was a close one. Uh, is uh, Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl? Uh, you, I, I would have picked that in my top three. Yeah, that would have made my top. Yeah, three yeah, yeah. Too. She's fucking crazy. But the one person I felt like had to be above that is fucking Terrence Fletcher from Whiplash. Oh, uh, man. I, J.K. That, Simmons? Yeah, J.K. Simmons is just like... Yep. I mean, he steals the air out of that movie. Yeah. It, it, he just absolutely... He's, you know, as, as this abusive music instructor who... I mean, it's the whole thing. It's, he is the villain. He is the antagonist. And the whole... The premise of the movie is whether or not his abuse is bringing the best out of uh, out of this kid or whether he's just being abusive. And I, you know, I don't know what to take from the end of it, but he is definitely the villain of this movie, and he's phenomenal. Number one, his biceps, his fifty-five-year-old biceps are the most intimidating thing in this movie. Number two, uh, being a musician for a long time, I had an instructor who was like older, fairly good shape, kind of balding. You could tell he <laughs> used to be like a redhead. Who once said to me, "I've seen better abortions <laughs> <laughs> after a performance." I felt whiplash way too hard on a real basis. I, I was going to ask if you guys feel this one more because you guys, you guys were both band guys, right? Yeah, you yeah. Guys both were. He used to throw drumsticks at us. I mean, all. Sorts I've seen of the things, movie. And it, it, he is a good villain. Like I can see, great. I can see it. I mean, in the way he sets up the end and all of that. I mean, it's a real yeah. Fucking watch. So that whiplash. was your number one for that category. That's my number one for that okay. category. Kind of weird ones that I don't have. Ca- well, one I put I put Caesar on here from the Planet of the Apes movies. Because he's not really a villain. Not even a little bit. Right. Well, that's like, that's, (laughs) it's It's tough. It's hard. (laughs) I mean, he's, the outcome he he shoots for is not in our best interest, but he's the protagonist of those stories. I don't don't want it to be counted against me for not including him, so I wanted to mention him at least. I can see that. So So outside of this are kind of the more villainy villains. The one I wanted to point out that does not fit into any of my categories, but genuinely fucking scared me. Is uh, the alien in the movie Annihilation? I don't love the movie Annihilation, but yeah. the lighthouse sequence, everything about that terrified me. Like I only didn't sleep that night. It it really fucked with my head. I would also mention Kobo. We're talking about Planet of the Apes. You know, I could kind of yeah, get, that's what, I, I could get on board with Kobo his kind of point of view because yeah, he's got yeah. fucked by humans. That's yeah. actually a good point. <laughs> so as far as uh, you know, more more ridiculous characters that are kind of going for that are more traditionally villainous. Uh, kind of a low key one that was kind of been forgotten is Guy Pierce and Lawless. If you guys remember oh, that movie, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. you he, love Lawless. He is so <laughs> hateable in that movie. Yeah, he, he is just the—I mean, he's the worst guy before he even does anything bad, and then he murders a cripple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's a, it's a great movie. He's a, why doesn't that movie get more play? Because it was Shia really LaBeouf. good. Shia LaBeouf. Maybe. It was probably yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Right. And that's <laughs> it in two words. Yeah. Tom right. Hardy and Jason Clark. Um, and Ugly who's the, Leo red, who's the red hard? T- the redhead. She's famous. Dane DeHaan's also in that yeah, movie. Dane, Ugly Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. What's her the, She's in it. What's her name? Yeah, Jessica Chastain. Chastain. Got a great Gary Oldman cameo. Is um, I mean, it has a Gary Oldman cameo. I'm not going to call it. I was also going to say Gary Oldman for Planet of the Apes, but but he's also again like is is he the villain? Is he a bad Cove guy? Cove is the villain of that movie, but yeah. there are a lot of sub villains. Yeah. So yeah, Guy Pearce and Lawless. Uh, I also put James McAvoy in Split. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. kills it. Yeah. Who absolutely crushes that? I mean, that that series would be nothing. It should be a shitty B movie or C movie that no one's ever seen. But James McAvoy brings the pain in that movie. What hurts me a little bit with him is is Glass. It's just yeah. I haven't. He kind of like salters. Makes me like not like his yeah. split as much. Um. But the one that I had to put at the very top of this one that I think is is just one of the most iconic, just villainous villainy performances of the decade is Calvin Candy. From Django Unchained. Yes. Leo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He yeah. is. That'd probably be my number one. Everything is ridiculous <laughs> about everything that he does. And, you know, the, the famous. Uh, Cut your the, hand. Yeah, the cutting hand, the blood on the face. Everything is amazing. It's ridiculous. He's way over the top. He is. That whole scene with Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Like the slave, that yeah, yeah, I think Samuel Jackson's ben. character. Yeah. No, 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 oh, no, the one he breaks the skull out. Old, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that is just horrifying, yeah. and it's like on another level. And you know, really, honestly, Samuel Jackson would be a good contender too. Yes, he was really fucking. Yeah, he he's is. More, by the end of it, he's more dislikable than Calvin Candy is, and that's saying a lot. Uh, yep. Yeah. And so for, I feel like part of this importance of this list is uh, as far as best villains is not only they have to be good, but they also have to be seen. They have to be iconic. They have to be in big things. So we have pretty much ignored all of the movies that most people have seen up mm-hmm. until now, including every Marvel movie, Star Wars movie. So I figure we're just going to knock that out of the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with Bane. Not nearly as good as... as, uh, as Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's Joker, but still, again, it's a pretty iconic performance. It's got the voice. I would say controversial. It's, some people love him, and some yeah. people don't like him. I love it. You, I know. I yeah, yeah, yeah. love I'm it. on the other end of that spectrum, but I can see he is a good villain. You know? I, will, I, yeah. I, know I love this, that shit. I know this is an unpopular opinion. I'd rather watch Dark Knight Rises than The Dark Knight. Oh, it, that, that's a is, hot take It right is there. more entertaining <laughs> to me. Than the That's Dark just Knight. The only wrong. thing I hate about Bane is I, I hate Talia Ghul comes in and undercuts everything yeah, he's doing. Agreed. Yes. Um, I, see, but Talia Ghul's a better character than Bane is. It, it makes it, <laughs> and honestly, it's the only point in the whole thing where he's like becomes relatable. At that point, he's he's Jaws. He's just an unstoppable. See, I like horror. that. But when he that's when he becomes a human, and I like him more. And I gotta say. Even though I don't agree with it, I love that fucking take. Yeah. I love that you would Because I've probably watched it more. It's like you were talking about. Dumb people kind of ruin the Dark Knight right, for right. me. But since people just fucking shit on Dark Knight Rises when I'm like, it's really a pretty good movie, right. I enjoy watching it more, I guess. You're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, I, a, 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 this is a small honorable mention, but I still think it deserves mentioning. Benedict Cumberbatch's smog in uh, the Hobbit movies. Oh, he's the only good part of those He's movies. the only good, the, re- the only reason that second Steals one that is, second movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The best of and the he's six. in like yeah. 20 minutes. In here. Yeah. Best of the six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then as far as all the Marvel villains, you know, you got your Lokis, you got your Vultures, which we talked about yeah. earlier. Uh, you got your Thanos, which is a, a close second. And the, honestly, there's... Probably should have been my number one. I'm really close on it, but you know, Killmonger. Yeah, is, is, he's yeah. great. 
He's just phenomenal. He's identifiable. I mean... Uh, Steals the movie like we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, what's his face? Michael B. Jordan just yep. knocks it the fuck out of the park. The, the whole movie, it's a great performance. He's yep. got that physicality we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, and that, that character is exactly... I mean, he's an exact foil of, of what T'Challa is supposed yeah. to be. Yep. And the whole thing is at the end of the movie, he learns from... from yeah. uh, the thing Killmonger is, though, himself. Killmonger's not even my favorite villain in that movie. You like Claw? I love Claw no. so much. I like Claw, but Killmonger's better. Like what you yeah, said, Kill- I can kind of get on Killmonger's point of view. Yeah. He's like not wrong exactly. He's just going about See, it the wrong way. I think that's why I like Claw more, is because he just wants to fuck shit up. Yeah. He's yeah. a Bond villain. He's he a Bond villain, not in a Bond movie. Fucking shit. He's yeah. having such a great time right up until he dies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my number one, which is uh, I, I think could be controversial, which we'll see how it goes, is someone who may not be a villain by the end of the next film, but it didn't stop Darth Vader and it won't stop Kylo Ren, who I think uh, good call. is, I, again, as, as far as, uh, you know, it, it, it is kind of cheating in the sense that it is kind of new Darth Vader, but they have created him in a way that makes sense to the story. He's better Anakin. He's he's yeah. way better Anakin. He's what Anakin should have been in the prequels. When he, he throws that temper tantrum with his sword and just beats on the, the fucking yeah, computers, the, the, I love that the, shit. The first, the first, <laughs> I don't get why people shit on that so much. I, didn't, I love Thank that. you. <laughs> as far as kick-ass character introductions, the the fucking lightsaber, the stopping the blaster, the stopping the blaster yeah. thing, the helmet. I mean, even when he takes off the helmet. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Adam Driver's performance is absolutely incredible. And it, you know, it is. It's less of a straight evil villainy. It's mm-hmm. more of a tortured soul searching for identity. Again, makes it a great foil to Ray. They're both people who are looking for their place in the world and don't really know where it is. And they're just trying to force themselves into that yep. place. I was sure going in, I would hate what your number one is, but that is correct. That's yeah. the correct <laughs> yep. best one for that decade. Uh, you know, uh, I, I love that first movie, and I like the second one a lot more than most people. And definitely the second one, he's the best part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He acts his tail off in yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah. the only good thing about that second movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to. I did want to say I. I start with the '90s. One thing I. I, I wanted to include, I'm glad you kind of went subsection because I thought about doing this, is I wanted to do like 90s action movie villains. Yeah. Because John Malkovich and Con Air yeah. is yeah. right oh, up there. Oh, yeah. And fucking Gary Oldman in, in uh, uh, Air Force Air One. Force One. Yeah. They're both fantastic. And Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's, that's also a good, a really that's good, a good pull. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, the reason, the, I thought about that one too. The reason why I went Air Force One is because he's my favorite part of Air Force One. He's not my favorite part of Fifth Element. Right. But there was, the 90s were, you know, uh, and I mentioned a few of these earlier, the decade where they started making action movies that were just die hard in a. Yeah. And. Almost always the villains in those were great. And Gary Oldman in Air Force yep. One is like one of those, it's Die Hard on a Plane. And, you know, yep. there's Gary Oldman. You know. Isn't Gary Oldman the bad guy in The Professional, too? Yes. 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 Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. shit. Yeah. That might be my number one for this. He's so fucking evil. That's the movie I didn't even think about. Everyone. <laughs> that might be God. the most 90s movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just oh. Gary Oldman in general, man. He's yeah. played some great villains. If, that, if, that's, if that's movies on TV and we get close to that scene, I'll be like, babe, come to the room. Come in. What's going to happen? <laughs> I don't even like Book of Eli. But I think he's fucking great yeah. in Book yeah. of Eli yeah. as the villain in that he movie. Is. 
Oh yeah, Gary Goldman and the Professional might be the fucking one for that decade. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> Shit. I, I don't know how I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. That movie is such a trendsetter for what 90s movies became after <laughs> it, like yep. what action movies in general became after it. And Gary Oldman, at that point, I would have said, let's make a fucking movie where Gary Oldman is the Joker. So it's yeah. funny that 100%. Gary Oldman, I'm sorry we disrespected you in yeah. our list until the very end. <laughs> you have done some good work as yeah. a villain. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Are we going to pick a number one overall, or are we just going to stay where we're at? Oh, number one overall, probably Darth Vader. It's still probably Darth yeah, Vader. it has to be, I think. Darth I mean, Vader. when you say movie villain, the image that's going to pop in someone's mind is Darth Vader. Even if you hate it, even if you think, I think Star Wars fucking sucks and I hate what it's done to movies. If I said, hey, big screen movie villain, boom, in your yep. head, you're yep. going to see Darth Vader's dildo-shaped head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's, what's funny to me is, man, George Lucas, at the back in the day, could write some fucking villains, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. If he would have kept Darth Maul on, he would have been an iconic villain too. Made him the villain of all three. Yeah, I deba- take out Dooku and just make Darth Maul. Dooku. I debated on Darth Maul too because that came out nine. Phantom Menace came out in ninety nine, and yeah. it was like there's just not enough to him. Yeah, like no, he's no, got the right. iconic look. Yep. Yeah. Um, but which is which is a lot of what you need. Wasted potential yeah. well, with that guy. I mean, he's like Boba Fett. He's just a cool design that yeah. you yeah. could fill in the story yourself. He's he is kind of the silent hunter type, but yeah. I, yeah. there's not enough of it. There's only the one engagement on Tatooine and then on Naboo. I yeah. felt like to really. Yeah, no, hundred percent. There's yeah. I, I don't understand people didn't tell him, hey, this is a good thing you got. You need to lean into that more. No, they said let's do more Jar Jar. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it, it is weird that he. And I, I, you know, I, I like Christopher Lee as Dooku and stuff like that, but it's weird that he went older for the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought a more terrifying monster would have yeah. you know, made more sense. I really feel like Grievous is the villain of the prequel trilogy that doesn't get enough Absolutely, love. yeah, yeah. Grievous has the potential to be a Man, great fucking yeah, villain. Yeah, if, if y'all ever watched the, uh, not, not Clone Wars... Or sorry, not Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Right, the, 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 the hand-drawn, hand-drawn yeah, animation yeah. one. No, not the movie, oh, the yeah, hand-drawn yeah. animation that was originally shorts and then turned into some other things. Yeah, uh, there's, there's actually like a random villain that never gets introduced in the series that's like that weird tentacle dude that's yeah. also fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, but that's where they do the intro to Grievous. And he's so much fucking cooler in that series than he yeah. is in anything well, there's, else. There's a great Clone Wars episode too about him, where yeah. they do like where how he's yeah like, where he, he came from. Yeah. yeah, he was like a champion in a gladiatorial arena. And well, he's all badass. the all the clone all the prequel villains get better playing clones. Yeah, well, Definitely the same's true, true yeah. for Darth Maul as well. Yeah, like yeah. you finally flesh out who he is, and he's got a badass backstory, and it's tough. Yeah, so that's uh, that's movie villains. Successful uh, episode. Yeah, tweet at us if we're wrong or, or whichever ones we miss. Who do we miss? We I, definitely miss. I mean, some. we sure we miss some. I, yeah. Like I, I tried I mean, to. The come... fact that we got to the end before we thought of Gary Oldman in the profession yeah. is proof that we missed something. Correct. I deleted yeah. a bunch because you guys didn't have as long of a list, so I even took some. <laughs> <laughs> I came in with the intention of only having six. Yeah, and I had I really debated it for a long time. I, I told I told Christian earlier today that you know we would established we were going to narrow it down to three, and I knew there were going to be honorable mentions, <laughs> right. but three. And I was like, this is either going to be a really short episode or a stupid long episode. And as usual, <laughs> we've erred towards the latter. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if you're welcome or I'm sorry to the listeners, but it was too long before I stopped talking. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I'll take I'll take a lion share of that blame. So on that note, what have we been watching? Um, I can I can start because we were just talking about. It. I got on Clone Wars earlier in the summer, but then other stuff came out and I dropped it. But like, I bought the first three seasons, so like, I hopped back on. And I'm going through the watch order, and man, the first season is hard to get through. <laughs> it is tough. And now I'm on season two, and they just introduced this like bounty hunter dude with like a cowboy hat. Yes. Yeah. And he's like sneaking in the Jedi Temple to get a holocarm. So now it's like 
I'm kind of like, it mixes a match the watch order, and it's getting better. I think it's, I said this when we talked about it before, but the Clone Wars is like the Harry Potter movies. Each season ages with you. So, yeah. So by the third season is when it really starts to be something you'll... Yeah, the, like, the the second season I got to is, like, yeah, the guy with the hat, and he's got this, like, changeling person who... What is his name? I can't I can't even think of yeah. it. And um, and he's got another is guy... Is Cad something? Yeah, Cad Bane. Yes, Cad Bane. That's mm. it. Somebody. The best episode I've seen so far is the this, this second season premiere where they, like, those two, the, the Cad Bane and this, like, guy who can mimic any other person he touches sneak in and infiltrate the Jedi Temple. And, like, it's, it's, it's pretty well done. So I'm sticking with it right now. I keep falling asleep, but it's getting better. I think I'm starting to get into it. So I watch that, and I watch Downton Abbey. Yes, trying to get ready for the movie. I watch... Are, are you... How far are you? Uh, I mean, we'll talk about it. I am through season five. So okay. the movie comes out Thursday. I'm really going to have to work my ass off. Through six seasons? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I watched one of the ones in season six. I don't want to spoil it too much, but there is a charming story in one of the episodes where Carson and the head maid. Um, yeah, Mrs. Hughes. Yeah, Mrs. Hughes. Are, uh, like, he keeps criticizing her cooking, and it's it's just very funny. I forgot how funny that show is. Yeah, um, yeah I forgot a lot about that show because I like caught on late. I forgot Edith had a kid. And yeah. like you know, like that's a huge like, plot point. Yes, in season five. and like there's a lot to it, but um, yeah, much better than I like. I'm just I'm really glad I got on back on board and looking forward to the movie. Are you guys showing it? Yes, in your theater. Where's we're, Thursday? An early premiere. If you want to take the wife. Yeah, I don't know if I can. <laughs> so yeah, I watched that and really just Clone Wars. That's it. I uh, I'm most. Oh wait, one more thing. Great British baking show. <laughs> yes. yes, and I'm addicted. That show's really good. It's it's it, once a week. Did you watch this week's? No, I haven't. So we haven't started this season yet. But God, it, it's good, it doesn't man. make sense. <laughs> it, it genuinely doesn't make sense how engrossing it is. I yes. hate reality television. I hate it with a passion, and I feel like I should hate this, but I love the fuck out of it. Man, it's like yeah, the biscuit episode last week was like fucking dope, and I like how like they're all nice. British people are just nice. that, is, like, that is one of the things I like about. They it. They run out of time, and like the other people are helping other people, even though they're contestants. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Alice. She was Star Baker, and she's who I'm rooting for. I just want to say the biscuit episode sounds like it would be like a Bismarcky record. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mostly did Downton Abbey. In fact, I hardly remember watching anything else because the movie's coming out this week, and I really wanted to get through. I kind of slowed down. We well, got two four. weeks. I got two weeks. September nineteenth. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Then I will be done. Yeah, you'll I'll, be good. I'll, I'll, I'll get caught up between now and then. The only other thing I watch is I watch Sticks and Stones. I watch the Dave Chappelle special. Oh. Um, I don't know that I found it as funny as you found it. <laughs> I, I didn't really laugh super much. It just felt to me like Dave Chappelle's commentary like on the world today. 100%. And, which, is, which is interesting because I feel like he is a voice that probably a lot of people in a lot of different communities agree with, but also you know, are slightly maybe offended by, or, or like, I just feel like he can get away with saying things other people can't. Like I've still Joseph. to me, he reminds me of like Richard Pryor, Pryor or George Carlin in that he can say things, which everyone's like, I mean, you're kind of right, but I would never say that myself. Um, I also feel like Dave Chappelle is who, like, if you go back and watch those early Eddie Murphy specials, who Eddie Murphy wishes he could have been like later on, like he's, he's just very like, crass and vulgar yeah. but real and relatable he, like you're right he's like something like his take on like the heroin epidemic and like school shooting he's like like people just wouldn't say that you know what i mean yeah like, and he's it's fucking hilarious um, a lot of his <laughs> jokes that i think people find offensive i don't think he's necessarily in trying to be offensive with them i think he's trying to talk about the reality of the situation yeah. and how 
there is like humor in that. Like for example, as LGBT community jokes, like I could get why if if you were a person a part of that community, you would be offended by them. But he's not really talking down to those people. No. He's talking about some of the issues within those communities. If there's anyone he talks down to, it's the Me Too movement. He goes hard. Uh, he's yeah. all about some Louis C.K. Yes. Right. And, and Kevin Hart, too. Yeah, and Kevin Hart. <laughs> the, the thing sc- is, you're right, he's not wrong about any of it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's it was interesting. It was interesting. Well, to the thing is, uh, comparing him to, to Carlin and Pryor, that's dead on. He, yeah. is, he is our, or closer to our yep. generations of that, and... I still haven't watched the new one. I'm like, I'm waiting until I'm in the right mood for it because mm-hmm. I do think he's probably, at least from my perspective, the greatest of all time as far as stand up comics. Yeah. I do like, I, I haven't watched this one yet, so he doesn't do it, but I, he has a specific deflection he does when he knows he said something offensive, but he wants to let you know that it's a joke where he slaps the mic on his yeah, leg yeah, and bends yeah. down and laughs. I love that move. I think that move's fucking great. Well, my favorite like like line of jokes was the ju- Juicy Smollett. Juicy Smollett. Yeah. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, and it, it's like the in, like it's a strong like ending, ending yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for it. Because again, he, he t- there's not an audience that he doesn't like target. He no. makes a really uh you know, it's a predominantly African American crowd, mm-hmm. and for you to go after Jesse Smollett is a pretty brave thing <laughs> right. to do. He, it's filmed in Atlanta. To go after the LGBT community in Atlanta is a fucking brave thing to do. Yeah. And whether you agree or disagree, like he knows what he's doing, right. and he's intentionally pushing those buttons because he thinks that's what comedy's supposed to do. I right. Think. Uh, I, it was a big week for comic books this week. Uh, there was a uh, Doomsday Clock number 11, the second to the last, uh, issue of it. I, you know, I'm liking this a lot, definitely more than when it started. When this first got sold to us in reverb, it was sold to us as it was going to be, uh, the DC universe versus, uh, the Watchmen universe and specifically the ideals of Superman versus the ideals of that. And maybe how the darkening of comic books wasn't necessarily a great thing. And then, for the first six or seven issues, it was just a straight sequel to Watchmen. But in these last issues, I've gotten really into it. This issue kind of felt like an information dump. It was kind of like when Neo meets the architect. Mm. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I liked it. Uh, and definitely, I'm going to love when it's all done having, you know, a hardcover of this book on my bookshelf of the yeah. incredible comic book artwork in it. That thing know? stretched years, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I'll talk about it in a second, but I think it's taken so long that the, like, continuity reset it was supposed to be has already been undercut. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because another thing I read this week was Millennium, the new... Uh, reboot of the Legion of the Superheroes. And I don't know if you guys are very familiar with Mm. Legion of the Superheroes, but uh, it is probably the most rebooted property at DC Comics, which is fucking saying a lot. It's definitely the property that when Guardians of the Galaxy became a big hit, this is what DC should have greenlit as as this is going to be our answer to that. But essentially, it's about a group of teenage superheroes a thousand years in the future who were inspired by Superman's adventures when he was a child, Superboy, uh, to start a superhero group in a like you know in the far future. And for whatever reason, it just keeps getting reboots. And about half the time, the reboot is just to fix the reboot of the last reboot. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one was probably the strangest one because they rebooted in the middle of the last reboot. With Rebirth, with Rebirth, they reintroduce Saturn Girl, who's a member of it again, as she's in, in the present and she's sort of involved in the events that would lead to Doomsday Clock. And then she's a character in Doomsday Clock that you never really find out her motivation. In this most recent issue of Doomsday Clock, she just disappears. <laughs> and I think it was because halfway through whatever plan Jeff Johns uh, did, they hired Brian Michael Bendis and they gave the Legion to him. <laughs> That's just my guess. Mm-hmm. So he, we hadn't even really found out what this one version of Legion was going to be till we got this new one. And it was not great. You know, it was, Has Brian Michael Bendis done anything great in a long time? I haven't hated his Superman stuff. I'll probably still keep trying it just to see how where it goes, but so far I'm not a fan. Um, and finally, I read the newest issue of the X-Men relaunch, which Ian also read. Yep. We talked about earlier in the week in text, and it was a fucking bloodbath. Like, you know, the nature of comic books is that everybody dies, everybody comes back, so it's hard for deaths to have impact. This shit had impact. Yeah, I don't know how you write yourself out of that. I don't either. And yeah. It's, and it's very much, it had my favorite uh, Wolverine and Cyclops scene ever. Which was uh, which is saying a lot because I love those two characters and I specifically love their interaction with each and other. And they fucked Cyclops for a long time, so they, I'm, glad, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad he's like back to who he should be. You know yeah, what I mean? totally. I you know I don't even want to spoil much of it. I just yeah. say if you're not reading this relaunch, start reading this shit. It's very new reader friendly. Anything that's confusing about it is not because of anything that's happened before. It's just that it's a complex story, and it's very worth reading. Finally, since I went so dark last week on Everybody Loves Raymond, I decided I needed to stop watching Everybody Loves Raymond. It was having a bad effect. With me. I took on a happier show, so I'm watching My Hunter now. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 And you know, I've only watched the first three episodes, but uh, me and Sarah are both watching it, and we love it. It's a very, very good show. Yes. The way you talked about Everybody Loves Raymond last week, the whole time I thought in my head was, this is how I feel about Mindhunter. <laughs> right. So, good luck. Because there is that element, because, you know, what's his name? Ed Kemper is very likable. Yes. Yeah. You know? Oh, yes. God, that guy is good. Yeah. Bill Tench is great, and what's the main guy's name? I can't remember. I mean, is Jonathan Groff? Yeah. But, but the, I don't remember uh, the character's yeah. name. Oh, Holder. Holder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, Great it, it, it has a it has a very Sorkin vibe to it. The way the dialogue is delivered, mm. yep. I like it a lot. Yeah, good deal. David Fincher, right? It gets better yeah. too. You're gonna you're gonna fucking love it. Um, I just started today, and then I listened to a bunch of episodes of is it ESPN that puts out thirty for thirty? It's ESPN, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, the ESPN show thirty for thirty, which is you know short mini movies about some specific event in sports. They had been doing some like releases of episodes as podcasts but then they started doing like an actual podcast that's specifically just that form and they just released the new season i i must have been recently because i've just listened to it not that long ago but it's the whole thing is essentially just a really long elaborate takedown of donald sterling oh yeah so is yeah. that good it's, i mean they're going hard at him like it's not well, he that, deserves it. not that he's a good guy <laughs> or anything because he does deserve it but i mean it's a five part you know each episode is like 45 to 50 yeah, minutes yeah yeah and like every single episode is just is just diving you deeper into the, like the the awful guy, fucking guy that this guy is and how everyone else has been having to deal with it 
for you know like years. fifty years. Yeah. yeah. Do they go into like how he got the team? Like like yeah, he, no, he's a deep dive. Of course they do. It's okay. fucking thirty for thirty. I gotta watch it. I know. I, I know you don't. I know you don't do sports things, hurt. But thirty for thirty is your kind of jam because it's. I, I really love ones that I don't know anything about. Right. Because then I don't know how it ends. Right. Um, because they always do such an interesting job of. It, it's about a sports thing, but it's usually about a sports thing that will relate to where culture was as a whole at that time. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's been good. I, it's 30 for 30. They do yeah. great work all the time. Uh, I tried watching Suspiria, which is the Amazon original uh, with Tilda Swinton. And uh, what's her fucking face from Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah. Uh, Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson. And uh, Tom York's score—it's terrible. Yeah. yeah, I made it about an hour in. I was like, "This is—is is it I, a show or a movie?" It's a movie. It's yeah. two and a half hours, and the hour felt like two. And you love Tilda Swinton. I love Tilda Swinton, and I love Tom York's bullshit, but I just couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a horror movie. Tilda right? Swinton is—it's it's a movie about a coven of witches that are also a dance company. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this did look bad, but nothing happens. It's just <laughs> by an hour, and in, that's the guy who did "Call Me by Your Name." Is it? Yes, and I love that movie. Yeah, Luca something something I can't yeah. pronounce. It's it's interesting. <laughs> uh, the, they have Tilda Swinton playing two parts. She's like the dance company coordinator, and also you know obviously like one of the head witches. But she also plays an old man, which you know again I'm I'm a firm believer that we need to do like a being yeah. John Malkovich with. She has Tilda played Swinton. the ancient one. Yeah, I want to interrupt right now to go back to the main the main part of the subplot that it was bad that in the Audis we did not mention Tilda Swinton and Michael Clayton. It's oh, yeah. she's, she's fucking great. great. Continue. Yeah. She's also great in Constantine. Yeah, she's also great in Constantine. Oh no, but if it, it has to be fucking what's his face from in the, like the she, five minutes he's on he's screen, great Peter as, Stormare as Satan, but like she's the villain of that movie. Yeah, and for she's sure, fucking great. Yeah. Also, Al Pacino is a devil. Uh, we we can't go down. You story. can't go down. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's kind of boring to me. I but. like that movie. I but, like Al Pacino in that yeah. movie. I, I, I've always said that movie would would be completely different. If they hadn't have blown in the trailers that he was the devil. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Suspiria, not very good. Um, the other movie I watched this week because, one, I haven't seen that many Scorsese films, and two, The Joker is coming up and I really wanted to see it. I watched The King of Comedy. It's fucking dope. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's movie. Really it's really good. Great. It's way better than Transformers. That's exactly what Joker's going to be. Well, it, you know, it's funny because I was I, the thing that I noticed about this movie because I, I watched the movie and then I immediately watched the trailer for Joker just to do the comparisons. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, for sure, the the basic plot seems to be like ripped directly right. yeah. from it. But one of the things that I think is really interesting about the way that King of Comedy is played is it's like one hundred percent. It's not from. I don't feel like it's from Rupert Pupkin's perspective. Like it, it, the camera's focusing on him all the time. Like you're seeing his world. Yeah. It's not like from his perspective. And the weirdest thing about it is it takes a really non-judgy perspective. Right. Like he's not the hero or the villain somehow. No. Right. Uh, despite the fact that he should be one or the other. Right. Um, and I, you know, I, I think that's just, I think that's really interesting the way that, that they end up playing it is he's just off, you know, even though he has this background that you find out as the movie goes on, that he's kind of, you know, he's got this fucked up childhood and all this kind of stuff. It makes you understand his character more, but it, it doesn't, like, it didn't, to me anyway, make it feel like it was more justifiable. It didn't, like, 
I never, I never felt one way or the other about him. I just felt like he was a, a kind of mentally off guy, and these were just the natural unfoldings of his mental instability, I guess. This was the uh, first Scorsese movie I, I ever watched. And really? I didn't, I didn't know it was Scorsese because uh, I didn't know what Scorsese was. And so, and so the thing that I think is going to be interesting is I do not think that that's the take that, that the Joker yeah. movie is going to be. The Joker movie very much seems to be like, yeah, this guy's fucked up, but society made him fucked up. That's, right. a, that's uh, exactly what the Joker movie which is. Which is... <laughs> I just think, uh, con- considering it is going to be, you know, he's explicitly said it's a, a, an homage to Scorsese films, and it's obviously drawing a lot from the King of Comedy. It's just such a less interesting take to me. I think that that the way that that uh, the ambiguity, Sc- yeah, the ambiguity made it I'm just so much more interesting. Yeah. Scorsese is like the godfather of that '70s moral ga- ambiguity. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. And for this to not be that is like they're missing the point of the thing. Yeah, paying homage. You know, it, when when we did our Scorsese episode, I didn't know anything about this movie and so you and you mentioned that you liked it i was like oh let's let's give it a shot i was really surprised i really really liked it so yeah i watched this then taxi driver uh you know both i saw like on tv like edited versions Mm -hmm. and then the first one i actually saw was goodfellas and i didn't know that they're all the three the same guy till afterwards so that's basically how i became a fan of the dude yeah yeah so but that's it for me um but yeah i think is that it for, for this week what are we doing next week do we want to see it too I feel I like we've talked about it too a lot. To yeah, I don't so. think we're doing it next week. We're, we're driving back from Atlanta. Oh shit! Well, you know we're going to be home. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to work. So are you really? Me. Yeah, I am. After Fuck we get back, you. Yeah. All right. Well, we might be off next week because you know we'll be adventuring. But we could yeah. do it too the following week. because I'm going to watch it. Yeah, too. potentially. So look I out for that. You already watched it. Uh, I know. I'm like everyone else. For some reason, it didn't open as well. I'm not as excited for it. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it, but wasn't in a rush. Um, I did want to mention before we close out. I feel like there were some notable exceptions from our fall movie preview that we did not do that I'm just going to add here as a little addendum. Two movies that come out on October 4th, one that you pointed out, Lucy in the Sky, which we had talked about earlier. Which from is, Noah Hawley. Who's yeah. watched Legion? I, I haven't watched the newest season, but I fucking love it. Yeah, Legion. you watch it, didn't you? I watched one episode, and I hate Dan Stevens <laughs> so much. Um, and Fargo. Yeah. yeah Fargo. Also coming out that weekend on Netflix is uh, Dolomite the Movie. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, Dolomite is my name, the movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of, it looks like, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer, it's Eddie Murphy, and Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy is, uh, you know, trying to, like, start a black film industry kind of thing. It look it kind of looks like a return to form for Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy yeah. doesn't do much anymore, either. No. He's, so, got, he's got a new stand-up special coming out. That's cool. And he's, and he's hosting Saturday Night Live for the first time since 1980. I can't even remember the last movie he was in. Well, I mean, Chris Rock was talking about Eddie Murphy one time, and he said the reason Eddie Murphy never comes back is he doesn't need to. He's, he's rich. He was, he was a, it's not just that he's rich. He was a jock in high school. He was popular. Like, he doesn't have the hole to fill. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if he's coming back, it means he's actually got something he wants to do. So I'm, yeah. I, I'm excited about this. I, uh, I, I think This it, seems I think like a time, good yeah. fit for him. This seems like the movie that if this was the movie right after Dreamgirls, it w- we'd be back in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. He yeah, is yeah. great in Dreamgirls. Yeah. Yeah. And then he ruins it by whatever shitty fucking movie he did. Yeah. Right he after. just like signed on to every fucking <laughs> shitty family movie for a while, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only other one I wanted to mention is a movie called Parasite, which is directed by uh, Bong Joon-ho. Oh, yeah, Who yeah, did uh, Snowpiercer, which I fucking yeah. love. I don't know what it exactly looks like. It's, it's like a family drama thing where these kind of... Uh, con artist family are trying to get in with a rich family mm. as like teachers and uh, tutors and that kind of thing just to like you know be parasites to their richness uh, but it seems like once they get in 
it's deeper than they think it is. Like there's more to it. And it was like the top pick at one of the big film festivals. I can't remember. It wasn't Cannes, but it was, you know, one of the TIFF South by Southwest, right. something like that. Uh, it was supposedly fantastic. So look out for that. It probably won't come out in theaters around here, but whenever it comes out on Amazon. Right. But that's my addendum. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Again, we'll be back probably in two weeks, hopefully with it chapter two. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, tell us which other villains that we missed because as we were just going through more things, we remembered more. So I'm sure there's a lot that we <laughs> fucked up. Uh, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also f- uh, reach us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs> <laughs>